Hey everyone, how's it going? Welcome to Know Your Gear Podcast. This is uh, this is Friday. <laughs> That's pretty much what I'm sure of today. It's Friday, 3 o'clock uh, Pacific Standard Time, and uh, this is where we meet up every week. So if you're new to this, uh, this uh, po- podcast, uh, a couple things to note. If you're lo- with us, joining us live, just uh, ask me a question or make a comment with a question mark first so I know you're talking to me. Also, uh, after the show, I index and timestamp everything, so any of the subjects we talk about, you can go right to it. And of course, there's also links down below if you would just like to stream this as a podcast audio only. You can get that on Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, you name it, it's there. Uh, and uh, thank you guys for supporting me on that platform as well. That platform has been growing uh, leaps and bounds, and it's been it's been very fun to watch, um, I guess. Or, no, I get to watch it because it's on a graph. I was going to say, do you watch a podcast? But no, you do if you're looking at the... the uh, the graph. So a couple things. Now, you, uh, I th- promised I was going to start this uh, episode with this because I can't remember for the life of me if I was supposed to do it last Friday or if it happened last Friday, but I watched uh, Bill and Ted face the music. Uh, I ended one of the podcasts, I'm pretty sure it was last week, with saying that I would give you guys a review. I had my kids uh, watch Bill and Ted and Bill and Ted uh, 2, Bogus Journey, right? So excellent adventure, Bogus Journey. Um, they like them. My daughter liked the first one the most. My son liked the second one the most because um, he liked the Reaper. You know what I mean? Uh, and uh, and here's what's funny. So we watched the third one, and uh, here's my opinion on that. I've actually talked to a couple friends about it. A lot of people seem unhappy with it. Uh, I want to set it like this. It's Bill and Ted in their 50s. They're like 50-year-old Bill and Ted. <laughs> That's what the movie was for me. It was like, yeah, uh, you, uh, you know, if you thought it was going to be anything more than that, I think you're, uh, you put an expectation that just goes beyond what they could perform. Um, I think they did well. There were some things that, you know, were a little silly, of course, but the first ones were silly. But the uh, overall, I was going to tell you this. If you like the first two, this isn't going to ruin anything for you. It's just uh, an average movie. That's all I could say. Um, I really thought, the only thing I, I really thought uh, that was uh, a little of a downer, and my son agreed, or I, I agree with my son, uh, I thought they should have the Reaper in there more. They didn't bring him in until the mid part of the end, and uh, then he didn't have a big part. And I thought he was really good in the second one, so... Um, but it was good. It was good. You know what I mean? It's really one of those movies, I hate to say it, that if you're old enough to where that the first one means anything to you, I think the first one came out in 89. So to put that in perspective, I was a freshman in high school in 89. So, you know, to me, it was like, it's a, watching that movie is like literally a time capsule. It's like, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, uh, so, so it was good. Uh, so I thought I'd give you guys a, a, a a, you know, a review on that, I guess. That's my review. My review is, uh, is I, I would watch it again. I liked it. So, um, but it's just what I call popcorn movie. It's just literally, there's nothing to impress you. You're just burning off an hour and 40 minutes. So there you go. So there's your, there's your thing. I'm sure some of you are going to chime in. Some of you hate it. Some of you love it. I'm sure that's what the internet is always about is a love hate relationship with something. But, uh, like I said, I, I thought it was really cool. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Hold on a second. All right. So I'm looking for the first question of the day. And the first question comes from Randall Vandergriff. Van, Ra- Vandal, Ran- Randall Vandal, Vandal, Vandal Randengriff. 
No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Randall Vandengriff says, okay, Phil, I got a custom 77 Montana Fates Dream guitar today. I've never heard of that guitar. It says, check out the brand. I will. Uh, I will timestamp it and I will check it out. I'll put a link to their website. It says uh, expensive new. So obviously it's a higher end guitar, obviously. It says, do you own any dream guitars? Yeah, I do. Um, I, I do. Um, obviously my guitar I, I got from my buddy Nathan right there. I'm pointing at it. Look at that. Almost the first try, uh, which is the PRS Custom 24 Hardtail. Definitely a dream come true guitar. Probably more so a dream come true guitar than a dream guitar because I didn't know I wanted it until he he made it for me. Um, but I, but I love it. So I would say that. And then second up would be my PRS hollow body two was a dream guitar and my Gibson ES-335 and my Gibson ES-335. And that ties in because I saw somebody ask about that. Uh, the Gibson ES-335, I was debating on how or what to do with that guitar. Um, as a video, I bought that guitar during COVID for that reason. Same as what you're saying, dream guitar. I've always wanted ES-335. It's always been this guitar that is just, you know, unobtainable for me. Uh, I played one. It was like a 94 and it was used and it was at a guitar center. I really, really liked it, um, but it had a dead fret. And uh, I was like, OK. And I looked and the fret life was really low. They had already been cr uh, crown level at least two times. And so it was a little tricky. I was debating on getting it. I'm glad I didn't because I think that one was like twenty four hundred dollars. So I ended up getting a new one. So I have a brand new 2020 uh, yeah, 2020, uh, Gibson ES-35, uh, that I got new from Bizarre Guitar in, uh, Nevada. And the owner of that, uh, Bizarre Guitar gave me a nice deal and the deal, uh, made it to where it was basically the same new as what I would have paid used, which is good. And, uh, uh, I love the guitar. However, I was having a couple issues with it. And here's what it was. I don't know if I could say it was defective because that's not really what I would. It's just something I didn't enjoy, which is the fretboard. The rosewood was really rough. And so I I, uh, I did what you do sometimes when you get a guitar that you, you know, a dream guitar you love. I love the way it sounds. I love the way it played. I just the fretboard was bugging me. And so I had to restring it anyways because I want to put different strings on it. Uh, I put a custom set of strings on it. What I have on there is 10s. The, the first three uh, unwound strings, plain strings, are 10-gauge strings. So it's the first three off of a D'Addario 10-gauge uh, set. And then the last three are off a, a wound, uh, a flat wound, sorry, wound, flat wound uh, D'Addario set. So uh, it's, I know that sounds a little strange, but just trust me, it makes sense. Um, and uh, and uh, anyways, long story short, I fix the fretboard. So what I ended up doing was I polished and sanded and polished the fretboard and now it's smooth and I like it. So I had to modify it a little bit. I'm happy I did because I really, really like it. That was really the part that I wasn't enjoying. It feels like somebody rough sanded the fretboard. This is the second or third time I've come across that with a Gibson and a new Fender. It's like their new thing sometimes is they're sanding the fretboards down but not sanding them fine sanding them and then fretting them and shipping them out and they just feel really weird and rough and unfinished um so but it's still it's still a dream guitar i really feel like it's an exciting guitar for me when i pick it up i feel like it takes me to a place i normally don't no, normally don't play um uh, it's definitely a guitar that uh it's the guitar i would say it's the guitar i want to sound and play like but i don't <laughs> so when I pick it up, I kind of play and sound more like how I how I kind of picture myself if I could sound like that. I would, but I don't. Um, doing some jazzier kind of uh, you know funner kind of stuff like that. Um, 
Um, and then Vipers, Vipers PD2 says, Phil, today I saw your demo of the PRS MT15. Do you still play with it? No, I sold the MT15. I bought it, and then uh, uh, that wasn't like a product sent to me. I actually bought that. Uh, pay, I did the, you know, I paid new retail for it and then sold it used at a loss just to get it on the channel and try it out and i really liked it here are the issues again on it so if any of you are considering it it doesn't get quiet that's the thing so i thought the, the cool thing about it i have the archon right here it's the 50 watt archon um and ironically this one i bought used and i paid not much more than what the mt15 was uh the archon the to me, it gets a little quieter. I thought the clean channel was a little better on the Archon, but if you can see these two amps here, it wasn't done strategically. Um, I was literally up until the live show, I was getting some time in to compare these two. This is the new Engel Fireball 25. A couple weeks ago, somebody asked me what I what I thought of this or the Metal Master, and I said, oh, the Engel guy said they were gonna send me a Fireball 25. Well, they did. Here it is, it just showed up. It showed up last week, or this week, uh, just a few days ago. And. Uh, I love it. In fact, I can tell you, I already like it. First impressions. So I'm still in fresh imp first impressions mode and I don't like to do first impression kind of videos because sometimes I've learned from the experience that when you do the video of your first impression, when you're most excited, then a couple months later when people ask you like you're doing right now, what do you think of it? You're like, ah, when the honeymoon it was good, but you know, that, mo that, that time's over. Uh, first impression. I already like this. Not only do I like it, but I love it more than the Archon and, uh, yeah, uh, the clean on the Archon maybe a, maybe a little little better. If I don't even know how to explain better, it's just I'd say almost comparable. But the dirty on this, the distortion on this, and the and the noise gate and the features uh, kills this thing. I'm I'm officially right now calling it the EVH killer because I had my EVH 5150 head uh, 6L6 and I I love that head. This thing is like everything that does, except for has the noise gate. This attenuation on this is fantastic probably the best attenuator I've ever tried ever <laughs> and see i told you this is why it's dangerous in the honeymoon mode but the reason i say that is because usually when i can you know attenuate an amp uh i lose all the low end when i'm playing quiet you know what i mean it doesn't have it this thing just has it it's just sick thirteen hundred dollars made in germany so that's another thing i thought it was gonna be fifteen hundred dollars so thirteen hundred dollars for made in germany head um and it doesn't come with a foot switch, though, where the EVH does come with a foot, foot, foot switch. So it's $300 more than EVH. It's only 25 watts, but I'm sure 25 watts is more than enough power. We will see. I haven't really crushed the uh, <laughs> the volume on it yet. I've gotten a little loud with it, but that's not hot. Um, uh, Garris wants to know, Garris wants to know, is that a Tele Deluxe behind me? It is not. It's not a Tele Deluxe, uh, but I do have that video coming very soon. But uh, yeah, that's not even a Fender. <laughs> so there you go i'm excited about that um okay what else do we got okay hold on hold on i'm just reading really quick and and i'm you know what it is i got i'm not even following my own advice i'm not even looking at question marks first uh question uh says what about the diesel vh mini head uh, that was seen at NAM. I haven't tried it. Uh, I haven't tried the diesel head, so I don't know. Couldn't, I couldn't tell you. I don't think I've ever played a diesel head other than maybe once, you know, in passing, you know what I mean? It's kind of like one of those things like, you know, I plugged in and played it, but I can't, I say I had an intimate experience. I really, I really try to stay away from all the passing, 
experiences where I say like, you know, passing meaning I was in a store, I was in the NAMM show and I touched something, I played it. I find that no matter what I think, it's different when I get it home and, uh, you know what I mean? And play with it for a while. Like a good, here's a good, a good example. Um, uh, you know what I mean? Sometimes I get an amp and like I said, honeymoon mode, I mean, I'm loving it, but over time it's not even that the amp's not good. It's just, you start noticing like, ah, is this really different than something else I had or have, or is it really motivating me? I, I, I really want every piece of gear to do to, to when I play, to enjoy it, to make me want to make music differently or make music at all. So sometimes I'm like, I, sometimes my first impression is like, I'm really impressed with this. And then later I go, but am I making, making music with it? And I'm not. And that's what kills stuff for me if I don't make music with it. Uh, okay. So on that note, hold on a second. There was a couple super chats. Let's hit those real fast. See what they have to say. Um, as I refresh, wow, I was going to say, it's not even letting me see them. It's uh, refreshing. Um, uh, I'll hit Melissa's first. Melissa's saying, let's hear about the new Sharpen My Axe series and thanks for all you do for the guitar community. So what is going to happen with that? Because that's what I had spent a lot of time with that this week. That's uh, I told you that PRS is one of the companies that have volunteered to be part of the Sharpen My Axe. I, I didn't hear last week. I didn't hear from any small builders except for one posted a comment on a video and I responded to that because I've been looking for them saying uh, email me, but I didn't get an email. Um, I'm going to create a sharpen my axe email address, Gmail address. I will do that this weekend, some kind of form of that. So I can keep that focused. What happens is you guys send, uh, emails to uh, my ask and to my P McKnight, uh, email addresses. And it's just, it just jumbles really fast. It's almost impossible for me to weed through stuff. Um, so I want to create a separate email just for the sharp max. So the sharp max, uh, stuff is, uh, I can tell you this, I'm currently working on three guitars right now, and one guitar is uh, getting something crazy done to it this weekend, which I'm excited about. But uh, I want to create a, a email address just for the Sharp Max series. But the, So what we're going to do, and once I have that email address, I'll make the announcement. I said maybe this weekend, but it will be next weekend because I want it for next month. Uh, I'm, we're going to be taking on candidates for PRS guitars. So you have to have an S2, SE, or Core. And keep in mind, the guitars are picked based on the guitars. Uh, this is how the Sharp Max has just got to be. It's got to be based on instruments so that we can, I can, I say we, it's really me. Uh, so I can pick instruments that will be interesting for viewers to watch. I mean, I want to help people and fix up their guitars. That's the byproduct of the, the making the content, right? But ultimately, I got to make the content um, that people want to watch. And if I, you know, if I get the same guitars over and over again, the same things over again, it's not going to be interesting. So yeah, that's what's the update on that. But like I said, I have I have a feeling that other companies will jump on or other builders will jump on to be part of this. Um, uh, I, I can tell you right now, the paint huffer guys, Brian already jumped on board to help me with one, which is great. So, so you'll see something, obviously somebody's going to get something painted. Uh, he was excited about that and he was nice enough to help me with that. So I'm trying not, uh, and Melissa to talk, to, to kind of explain it. I'm trying not to talk about too much about it cause I don't want to give away too much of what we're up to. Um, but obviously 
We have lots of emails from you guys in the past. I don't, I don't uh, get rid of any of those. They're all sorted into folders, but I'm going to create a new email address just to make life easier for me so that when I get up and look at emails about that candidates, I can just go right to it. You guys can put uh, in the subject and we'll have some rules. Like the rules have to be like the subject title is just the name of the guitar that you have, the type of guitar, like Squire Affinity, you know what I mean? Or something like that. And, uh, and then it'll be based on what I think I can pull off. Uh, plus, we also came up with a cool idea. I keep saying we. It's really just like I talk in passing to Ralph and friends um, about doing a few where uh, it's not you guys sitting in guitars, but I'm going to I actually like getting a couple guitars, not new guitars, used guitars, and then them up doing weird things to them, making the content and then uh, throwing them on an auction. And and uh, and that was a great way. So I don't know, little pennies turning into dollars. But because of COVID, uh, I was shut down, not doing repairs for almost four months. But now, uh, I, I can honestly tell you, I'm doing double, over double the work, repair work I've been doing. So that's why it's been tough, tough getting content out because there's so much repair to be done. And I've been uh, running really hard. And I think you can tell, uh, my friends have told me in the last couple of days, they can see I'm wound down and wore down. I'm a little wound down and wore down. It was a little, it was a little much because it's hard to say no to the repairs right now because, uh, you know, money pays bills, but it's also tough because, uh, you know, when you got a that, if you got a thousand little streams of income, you got a little thousand little jobs. All right. But you know what the saying is better busy than bored. Um, okay. So let's go to the next question. What do we got the next one? We got the next question is hold on a second um okay uh, it's, this one's from from steven let me let me read it. it says how do you drill for a a strat two-point bridge saddles in the middle or do you put all saddles two and three of the way forward, then measure scale length. Also, explain how we have have you sharpen our PRS. Okay, so so the sharp one I already I answered, but this question is really confusing. Let's see. He wants to know how do I drill for a two point strat bridge? Okay, in the middle or do so. So the way I do it, I've done a couple videos now where bridges where I've installed them. It's always the same way if it helps. Um, I basically put the bridge onto the body. Um, I, I love it when the guitar is locking keys because it makes life easy. Otherwise, I use uh, I just tie them. I use two strings. I tie them around the uh, both E tuning keys, low and high, high E, treble and bass side. And then I run them across the nut down the, the guitar, and then I... Uh, put them onto each saddle and I usually tie them off right on each saddle and then center the bridge so that those two strings are lined up. And then I measure the distance, uh, to make sure that the bridge is at the right point. Um, and I always make sure my low E saddle is where I'm going to usually reference that off of first, you know what I mean? To see if, so if it's 25, it's like a strat would be 25 and a half inch scale. I'll measure 25 half inch scale and then I'll do it. There's other techniques. Some people use a uh, measure. They just measure it out on the board, on the body. You can do that as well. Um, I'll be honest, like I said, sometimes it's a little tricky because sometimes when I'm doing stuff, I'll do stuff in a video. And this was a, a question that came up recently. Um, and I really feel bad about it because, um, I had an issue with the, uh, great guitar build off footage where, um, I bought an SD card 
this this ha- and it's my fault. Uh, it, my fault meaning I should have known better. Um, I need an SD card. I use a, a 4K camera, so I film everything in 4K, and then I dumb everything down. Is like how I say it. I don't know what the correct term is, but I turn it all into 1080p when it goes up onto YouTube. And the reason is that because I, I film in the highest resolution I can because I do a lot of uh, zoomings uh, when I'm uh, zooms ins I guess uh, when I are cut ins when I'm editing. Sometimes I'll, I'll move in and stuff, and I want it to be clear because obviously the closer I, I go in, the grainier it gets. And uh, so, anyways, my point is I have to use a card. Um, let's see where it is. I'll tell you the card I use because I usually have tons of them. And of course, because I'm saying that, I won't have a single one over here. And yep, and I can't even name the card. Isn't that funny? This is horrible. Oh, here's one. Okay. So uh, to give you an example, because like I said, I'm a guitar guy. I'm not a filmer. I'm not a, you know, I don't do photography. I don't do any of this stuff. Every skill that I've done on YouTube, I've had to learn, like hit the ground running and learn. So a couple years ago, I went to the first GitCon and Henning had us buy the Lexar. This is the card. Uh, it's a Lexar uh, Platinum 2, 128 gig. 300 by 45 megabytes, whatever, 300 times 45 megabytes, whatever, SDXC one card. And uh, I get this because it works really good. And, you know, he had us get these and these are probably outdated now. I have no idea, but I keep buying them. So the reason I tell you the story is because maybe it's important. Maybe it's a nice lesson to learn because it sure sucked for me. So I went on uh, Amazon uh, at the beginning of the um, because I when I did this, uh, the the build, I sent a GoPro camera with uh, Joe at Paint Huffer to film. That's how come the footage of the of the painting is done. I gave Joe the camera and said, "Okay, film with the GoPro. And then I filmed with my camera. And what I did was I went on Amazon and I bought I just typed in that Lexar 128 card and I bought two of them. What happened was I put it in the camera and I started filming and it aired out when I went to upload uh, some footage in the computer. So I lost some really cool footage of the build. Um, in fact, all my favorite footage. <laughs> and so there's stuff we didn't mention in the build because I didn't mention it because I didn't have footage of it. So I figured it'll come up later. But anyways, I didn't, uh, I didn't, I didn't get it filmed. So what happened was the card kept airing out and I, I formatted it. I did everything. And what I found out was it was a fake card. So I bought a card and what somebody did, a, a company or somebody on, you know, these, these jackasses on Amazon that do fake stuff all the time. Somebody basically took a cheap SD card uh, with a slower frame, whatever, whatever the speed is that's killing it. Cause that's what happened. My camera was killing it. It just, it was dropping stuff and then it wouldn't, it wouldn't do it right. So uh, I lost some footage, um, which sucked. So uh, the reason I uh, tell you that is, uh, is because, um, because uh, when, when you just talked about that, how I do stuff, I was talking about this, that I do stuff in videos to show you guys how to do stuff, but I, I do it a different way. And I was really excited because some of the stuff I do uh, that I don't teach you guys that I just, the way I like to do it, I was going to leave in the video. I decided to go, I'll leave this in the video. I'll let people, because sometimes when people see you do stuff that's different, they're like, what are you doing? And uh, it got lost. Some of it got lost. So 
Um, so that's what happened. But uh, so that's the thing with the bridge. So like I said, I and I use that. That's what I was basically getting at. Is I use a template for everything I can. Anything I've done. Uh, if you guys saw in that video in the in that also in that build off video, you'll notice when I was wiring up the electronics. If you saw in the footage, I was wiring the electronics outside the guitar on a piece of plastic. I have every guitar I've pretty much ever worked on that I think I might work on again. I take uh, I have stacks of black plastic. It's just it's just pickguard material and it's like scraps and I. I line it up and drill it out so that I have any kind of pick art. So if, uh, if you brought me something right now, like a Les Paul, uh, and I wanted to wire all the electronics, I would literally pull up my little template and I wire up on that and then I pull it out and drop it in. So again, you learn that way. Um, in, in when you have to make money doing this stuff, uh, time is money. So anything you can do to speed up the process, but sometimes that's not helpful to someone trying to learn to do it. <laughs> Because it doesn't make sense if you're only going to do your guitar to make a template every time. Say, uh, let's see. Um, okay, hold on a second. And he says, some cameras will record a video to two cards at once. Well, it depends on how I'm filming, too, by the way. I don't want to get too much into cameras because I find it's I find it boring, so I can't imagine you guys find it much more exciting. Um, like I said, to me, it's just part of my job. Some some of the channels, and I really appreciate that, uh, like Henning really gets into his cameras and stuff. Me, it's just a, literally the tools of doing a job. I have a, a routing system for my cameras, and it, it can record onto that. So sometimes if I'm using multiple cameras, they're recording onto a third, a third, you know, uh, entity. So I don't have that problem, but this was the the case. And like I said, when I'm filming, I'm, I'm just a one man crew. So I set up the camera and I start working and I get one take. And on that, when you're doing build videos, uh, it's literally one take. I mean, there's no way to, to go back and go, well, that didn't get fixed. I, I should, I should show you that. Um, and I'll tell you, I'll just tell you so you guys know the thing that got, that didn't get filmed was I ripped the frets out and put new frets in. And then I, I crowned the fret that so you guys saw the crowning of the frets at the end. You just didn't see me rip out the frets and put the new frets in um, and why I did it. So uh, maybe we'll explain later why it, it, there was a lot to it. <laughs> so happens. Keeps it fun. Keeps it fun. All right. Uh, uh, life. Oh, I'm going to say Al Freeman. I'll Freeman one says, hey, Phil, have you ever played a Menarik guitar? What do you think of them? I have played a Menarik guitar, man. They are crazy. Uh, if you guys don't know what Menarik is, Menarik is like this guitar. Uh, some people call it Minarik, but um, I'm pretty sure it's Menarik. I have an official, I have a video where I ask them how to say it. And I'm pretty sure they want to say, uh, maybe they said Minarik. I don't know. Um, doesn't matter. <laughs> It matters. Uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, I believe they were like most companies when I go, how do you say your name? What I learned that day when I asked all these companies, how do you say your name? They said, I don't care as long as you buy it. <laughs> so uh, anyways, yeah, I've played a couple of them. Really cool guitars. They're out there, right? It, they, so you guys seen them. Some of them look like they're cut out three-dimensional. It looks like flames and it's like broken glass on the top, you know, and just crazy stuff. Uh, crazy guitars. But as you see, I'm a pretty boring person when it comes to my guitar choices i like my guitars you know just for the comfort feel so guitars like that are definitely for somebody out there that's looking for something crazy different they're just cool guitars uh let's see question question says this is question the question comes from question the name is question 
says, I uh, know you love your Freeman Dirty Shirley amp. What do you think of Freeman guitars? I have a Freeman guitar. I have the S-Type. I really, really like it. Uh, it's in the other room right now. And uh, no, I really, really like it. Um, they are legit as of, uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you, it was it was going to be that guitar or a Sir. That was the choice. I went with the Freeman over the Sir. So that was my, uh, and I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'll tell you, it's uh, the Sir, as you guys know, I'm a huge Sir fan. I like Sir guitars. I like the Freeman neck a little better. I like the vibe of the Freeman's a little better. The, the tone was more, you know, classic. Freeman reminds me, the Freeman guitars remind me of, what I think of when I play the really cool custom shop, high-end, like, relic fenders. It's got that kind of vibe. So, and, of course, I was super curious about them. I played a bunch. Uh, one of the things that was nice when I went to all those events, um, there was a bunch, you know, I went to, like, four or five different events. Uh, Friedman was sponsoring, like, probably half of them. And so I got to pick up their guitars a lot. And that was really a nice thing. Without that, I don't know if I would have made the, the, the you know, the decision to, to get one. Um so, so yeah, so there you go. I like the guitar. Uh, I was going to do a review, but believe it or not, that guitar is getting painted, the Friedman guitar. So that's why I haven't done the review. You've seen it. If you guys have watched any kind of, I mean, any of my videos, either some of the videos or the live shows, it's been in the background. It's like surf green. It's just, it's getting painted. I like the guitar, um, but uh, I want it, I wanted a different color. So I'm having it painted. Don wants to know, Phil, in your opinion, how much in demand are guitar repair techs? How about job growth for luthiers? Can you make a living at it now? Well, I make a living at it. So, I mean, it, obviously, yes. Um, I mean, I know I do YouTube, but let's let's be very clear. Um, when I, when I uh, decided to stop working the store, because that's what really happened. I go, I'm not going to work my store anymore. I'm going to do repair and do YouTube. That was kind of my plan. Um, that actually wasn't my plan. So, you know, um, that was the plan I said, but the real plan was to do YouTube for one year, right? As a, like, almost like a break. You know what I mean? I've been, I'd been working six days minimum a week, sometimes seven days a week for 13 years straight. At that point, I was, I was kind of burnt out. You know what I mean? With that many hours you get, you know, you, like I said, it's hard on the family. Uh, you, you know, you every minute you have that's spare. It's, you got to spend it with family time and you're just not even getting any family time. So when you're do, working like eight to eight, you know what I mean? Monday through Friday. And then, uh, you know, Saturday is like a, you know, nine to seven, <laughs> nine to six, nine to seven. And then sometimes you have to work the Sunday too. It, it got a little old. So I go, okay, I'm going to do, so here's my plan. My plan was I'll do YouTube and do repairs. And then after one year, I figured YouTube would die. I was really convinced of that. Uh, so, so, you know, I had no idea what I was talking about. No idea. When I made the video, it doesn't exist anymore because the reason I took it down is because it doesn't, ex it doesn't make sense anymore. I did a video called, like, uh, I'm going to quit my store and do YouTube. And at that time, uh, I think I had, I can't remember, I've maybe 50,000, 60,000 subscribers. Um, and, uh, but I can tell you this. I have not made any more money today than I made when I, as, when I had 30,000 subscribers. I tell that to channels all the time. Um, that if there's no, and I don't mean that as a negative, that's not a negative. I just, you know, how, how you make money, uh, as, as subscribers don't seem to ever affect how much money you make or don't make, uh, the way you make money on YouTube is 
it's ebb and flows. It's just all of a sudden you get lucky and you get a viral video. And then people, when they watch that viral video, it's not the views in that video. See, I'm going a little sideways on you, Don. I know this is about repair tech, but I got to connect the two. I'm sorry. So one thing about viral videos that people don't think about is that when I get a viral video and it hits every once in a while, like a lot of channels get, and let's say it's only 100,000 views or 200,000 views, which I say only, that's a lot. And you get that views. You got to stand those people that first see you. Some of those people literally just start binge watching 10 or 15 of your other videos. So it's not the views in one video. Even when you get a 20,000 view video or, or 2,000 view video, it doesn't matter. So you get a 20,000 view video, what sometimes people aren't connecting is that it's, you, they watch, yeah, 20,000 people watched it, but of those 20,000, uh, 16,000 were new viewers. And of those 16,000, 10,000 watched at least five other videos. That's, you know what I mean? That starts adding up to your, to your channel's, uh, you know, dollar amount. So long story short, I was convinced that YouTube, I was like, I'm going to do this because it's fun. It seemed like, it seemed like a, it just seemed like a crazy carnival. It didn't even make sense to me when I was like, I'm going to do YouTube. It didn't even seem real like a thing. I would do YouTube. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? I don't even know what that means. I'll make some videos. So I was like, I'll make videos and I'll do repairs. Um, and it grew from there. It actually kept growing and uh, it's been growing ever since. And I've been very, very fortunate in that avenue. And now because of that, it really hinders my repair side. So the reason I tell you that, Don, is uh, I could tell you right now, I turned down at least 60, I'm, I'm making this up. I don't know what the number is. I was going to say 60, 70%. I, I can just tell you this. If I was to stop doing YouTube tomorrow, literally I would be full with more repairs because I, I have that much repair, uh, you know, uh, catalog because I've been doing it so long in the area in which I repair. And I, and what happens is you repair is about if you do repair, right. So your question is, uh, in your opinion, how much demand is there for guitar techs? Well, here's the thing about guitar techs. You as, and I'm saying this, if you're a guitar tech, if you're Don, if you're aspiring guitar tech, you create your demand. You do. That's it. You do. People come back to you. People come to back to me cause I'm fast. Uh, I take, a a maximum about a week to get a guitar back to somebody. Um, I'm fast. I mean, I can't, you know, if it's a crazy repair, it can't be a week, but most stuff I get back to them a week. I'm friendly. I'm polite. Uh, I make, I, like I said, I do my repair sheets. I fill out little notes. I make measurements. I communicate the, what I've done to the guitar. You've, you, you know, I hear it every, every day. And again, there's repair guys that are a thousand times better than me, but, uh, the problem that people don't understand is that your job is not just what you do. It's your, who you are as a person. You know, I tell guitar teachers all this time, all the, this all the time. Guitar teachers are like, oh, he's a master guitar player from Berkeley and he's great. He's the best teacher ever. I'm like, great. But who wants to hang out with him 30 minutes if he's an asshole? So having a personality helps you in most businesses, especially business, but most businesses. So uh, being friendly, being, having conscious, you know what I mean? Actually, actually, uh, Caring is, is a big part. You know, when I do a repair and I look at something and I go, okay, they didn't ask me to do this, but this doesn't look right. Let me communicate with them or I'll just knock it out myself. You know what I mean? A lot of times I'll do the extra mile. So reason I tell you that is, is uh, that's what I started noticing at my store. So, you know, so go back to when the YouTube in, in the store were existing and I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to just try to focus more on the YouTube and the repair. At that point I started noticing, and this is what I noticed. I couldn't tell you 90%. I wish I could. I'll say 70%. I feel pretty confident because I'm getting I'm shooting a number off the hip, but I feel pretty confident about that percentage. 70% of my customers were return customers. They were just people coming right back to me. You guys watching already know how many guitars do you have on average. So you bring me a guitar, you have a great experience. You bring me another guitar. 
And if you're habitual buyers, like we all, some of us are, if you're watching this channel, it's a good good chance you are like me. You're always like, I got another guitar. That's another guitar to get done and set up. So, um, in fact, my, my average customer brings me at least three to five guitars per visit. That's how many guitars I get in one shot. That's average for me. But, and I don't even feel, uh, 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 I, I know that number's strong. <laughs> it's very rare somebody shows up with one guitar or two guitars for me to work on. They usually uh, want a bunch. Um, and it used to be harder when I was actually in the shop all the time at the store because people would parcel their guitars out. They'd bring me one and I'd finish it and they'd bring me the other one because they knew I'd get busy because the shop, we were always getting loaded down. So now I can focus on that. So I think uh, the answer to your question is you can do uh, repair full-time. You can make a good money on it. Um, to give you a reference, I'll give you a reference. I can tell you. I don't even have to guess. Um, let me pull up. I have my tickets this week. <laughs> now, I'm not going to, obviously, I have expenses and there's parts and there's all kinds of stuff in here, but it'll give you a reference of. So it was $1,806 in labor charge this week, is what I charged out this week. Um, and I told you it's it's been busy. Um, so, I mean, obviously that's a good amount of money coming in cause you're doing a lot of guitars. So it just depends. Like I said, you can do it. Um, it's harder to me. Now luthier is a tricky word. I, I hate, you'll hear it. I heard Matt at Texas toast say hates the word luthier. I hate it too. Uh, people will come in and like, are you a luthier? And I'm like, I'm a guitar tech. Um, I had a guy come in once. I, I should always, I shouldn't tell this story, but I'm going to, I had a guy come in and, and this is at the shop. This is the old days. And he walked in and he goes, <clears throat> I swear to God, it's like great poop. Poupon came in and he goes, do you have a guy here that works on guitars? I'm like, yeah, I do. And he goes, are you a master luthier? And I'm like, what? <laughs> the answer was no. But I was so like intrigued by his weird way of asking me and coming in. I had to like say, you know, I was, pro I was provoking the conversation, right? And he goes, are you a master luthier? And I go, what? And he goes, I just talked to, and it's some guy, by the way, he, he, some guy opened a, a shop uh, down the street from mine. This is years ago. And his shop only made it like a year or two. And uh, he's like, he's a master luthier. <laughs> and I said, oh, I'm a master, master luthier. And he, I said it. I was, I felt stupid. And he's like, and he's like, and he looked at me as like, I don't get it. And I go, yeah, I don't get it either. I said, I'm a guitar tech. I said, luthiers are, are technically guitar builders. And really, to be honest with you, I guess they're guitar builders that build like acoustic style instruments. I go, I guess it's a self-proclaimed title. That's what I told him. Uh, by the way, I didn't get the sell. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't want to come get repairs from me. Um, but what's funny is, is exactly that. Uh, so a luthier is tough. So a luthier is someone who's building guitars. Building guitars in today's day and age is tough. Uh, repairing guitars is tough, but like I said, it's the same job either way though. If you want to be successful building guitars, uh, yeah, here's my tip. I tell every business this work on your personality. So even on the internet, if you don't need proof or if you don't, if you don't want any more proof than this, look at the companies, the big companies, successful companies and how they're interacting in social media now, because they understand that same concept. You gotta, you gotta talk to people. So, uh, there's a weird tirade. I feel kind of weird on a tirade on this one, but, uh, but yeah. And so to answer your question, job growth, it's no, there's no job growth. You have to make it. it. And I don't even know if that has anything to do with the recent years. That could be 20, 30 years ago. I could have said that it's been tough forever. The guitar industry is tough. I'm going to say right now, because of the boom in guitar sales, guitar tech, if you're thinking about becoming a guitar tech, if you think about working on guitars and doing stuff, I would say now is a good time because, 
Um, when I, uh, you know, because I send out, a, I have an email distribution list for my, my customers that come for repair. When I send out everybody and say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm back, uh, you know, it, you know, uh, this is how I'm going to handle repairs now because I, I had to come up with the COVID, you know, kind of rules for COVID and stuff. And uh, uh, they all went crazy and bought guitars while I was, you know, while I was not doing stuff. So they had tons of work for me to do. So all those guitars got to do, got to, got to do something. I have a, a customer who bought, uh, <laughs> he bought 11 inexpensive guitars during COVID and they all needed work. <laughs> In fact, uh, we ended up having a crown and level, I think six of them, maybe seven. It was a lot. So, um, it was fun. Uh, <laughs> Jack, Jack says, uh, I didn't get the sale. It's hard to let some conversations go without prodding. I know I was, uh, uh, you know, every once in a while when somebody says something, you know, it's a loaded question. So instead of going professional, sometimes you can't help, but like it, you put, you said it perfect. I prod, you know, I, I knew he was up to something. You know what I mean? I knew he had something in his head. Uh, and by the way, I, I kind of played it down. He, then after he talked about master Luther's, he taught, he explained to me how he's a really important person and how, you know, his guitars are important and <laughs> it was kind of funny. Um, so there you go. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's go to the next question. Let's go. Hold on. Let me hit some more. What are we doing on time? Well, we're doing good on time. Okay. Uh, give me, let me say half my podcast is just me going, uh, um, and, um, uh, B B A Weevil just did a super chat for no reason, man. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Uh, Greg says, "Hey Phil, did you see the Bad Cat Paw at Nam? Any plans to review it? They should send you one. It seems pretty interesting and giggable." Uh, Spark. I, I talked to John at Bad Cat. He reached out to me. We're friends on Facebook. He talked to me uh, about sending one of the paws out. Uh, I was very excited because I told him I said I think desktop amps are are pretty much the future, you know, like the spark spark sold a hundred thousand amps. And with all that craziness, think about that. Think of how many amps they sold. Um, <laughs> although I will tell you this. So, so I'm sure somebody else is like, how many did they deliver? <laughs> I don't know how many they delivered. I just know how many they sold. Um, I think they delivered most of them. <laughs> so I think they seem pretty good now. I haven't seen any complaints on the channel in a while about not, you know, the late deliveries anymore, but everybody, I said this before, I love mine. Everybody who got theirs loves theirs. There's a couple issues with it. Like I said, some hum issues sometimes. Some, I have it when I do high gain pedals, but mostly it's easy breezy. It sounds good. It's e it's it's fun to play um, and uh, it's good. So that being said, I was really excited about the paw because I'm thinking that's the, it's a, so you guys don't know, the paw is basically a, a tube preamp, class D power amp, uh, a made in the USA, $700 version of basically what the spark is. It's not digital, but it has like a uh, digital IRs in it and stuff. So Greg, I was super excited. He, he said he was going to send me one out. I don't know what happened. I'm going to guess. Cause I know he was really trying to get his shipments to guitar center, uh, you know, so they could sell, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's obviously, um, uh, to give Greg, or Greg, Greg's the one to ask question, give John, it's, uh, at, at, uh, bad credit. Um, 
He's trying to get the guitar, the amps out to customers before getting them to the YouTubers. Something maybe Spark should have focused on too. I see a lot of back, you know, a lot of backlash for them sending out more product to uh, to channels to promote. Promoting is important though. So you guys know, I don't really side with those comments. Uh, for those of you that made comments saying, "Hey, they shouldn't have sent uh, amps to channels," uh, all I can do to defend Spark is this: they sent me an amp. And uh, I, I did a video. I probably sold a thousand amps. I don't know, a hundred amps, lots, sold lots. Cause just like I said, everybody I know, it seems like I talked to has bought one cause the video is just like the other channels. Um, it's hard, it's hard. And the reason I say that it's hard to get a product to me. I can't speak about other YouTube channels. I'm a nightmare to get products to sometimes. Uh, cause uh, I, like I said, I'll flat out tell some companies, no, some companies, I don't have time. Some companies I get it. And then I don't get to it fast enough. As you guys know, sometimes you've seen, you see that on channels all the time. They get a product and it's weeks or months before it gets out and gets done. So it's tough to get a video done. Um, so hold on a second. Grumpy Mike did a super chat just to say he can't get over how pretty the Atlantis looks. And of course, and why not? Um, it is a beautiful guitar. Like I said, I'm sad to see it go. Glad it raised money for charity. I'm excited about that. It's a, it's a beautiful guitar. I can tell you now, I feel sometimes as you guys know, I don't like to hide things. Uh, cause you know, I don't know. I just don't like it. Uh, so now that, uh, you know, it doesn't need hype. It's hands down the best guitar in this room. <laughs> and, and keep in mind, Nathan's guitar is right there. Nathan's guitar and that guitar were just so close, but I think it's just, I don't know what it is. Just it, that guitar just had it, had, had the mojo. Um, so I'm sad, sad to see it go, but happy, right? Happy. So it's a good to do, to good to do stuff for charity and very happy. Like I said, a good time to thank the paint huffer guys, Brian and Joe and everybody at paint huffer. And, uh, and again, I think the, I think, uh, I think the strategy to make sure it was right, uh, be late. We were late, but we got it out and it was right. And I think that was the better strategy. Um, since that was the focus for the first part was to do the charity. So Richard Lewis says, Hey, I ordered a boss pocket amp. That's uh, so boss came with a new pocket amp. I saw the announcement. Uh, any thoughts he's getting it tomorrow? Hopefully uh, no thoughts at all. Uh, you know, I used to have the Pandora from Korg and I loved it. You could pick those up for those of you guys out there. You can pick them up for 60 bucks, a hundred bucks. Uh, they, some of them have like the Pandora recording with drum machines. So Korg by Korg Pandora made that little thing. I, uh, so my thing with that is this, if I'm going to use a little practice thing like that, like, you know, you know, little pocket size, I use the I, I rig, uh, in, in my phone. And then I just headphones and use my phone. Uh, I figure I got my phone with me. Why not use that for that? So I use that. Um, and like I said, 60 bucks for an I rig. And that's sometimes you can find a deal 40 bucks. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I think the boss stuff is uh, pretty cool. I like the idea of it. I didn't see the price. I hope it's like a hundred bucks. That seems fair, but I don't know. I didn't look. Paul says I have the spark sitting next to my laptop and it's entirely because of you, uh, and Greg at, oh, and Greg at Spectre Sound Studios. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, reviewing a spark positively. Yeah. The, the, like I said, it was, it's a good amp. Okay. Uh, okay. 
I am not old. I'm vintage. Said I can never get iRig to work, so I returned it. Yeah. Do you use a? Uh, well, I can't answer, but it's uh, iPhone maybe. I use a uh, an Android. Uh, but okay. Okay. What else do we got? Hold on a second. I know there's a couple more of these questions over here. Okay. Hold on. Uh. Buzz Wilson says, just for support, by the way, your new PRS really stands out. Gorgeous guitar. I, I literally, I love it so much. It's a, it's a, it's a very cool guitar. Um, I wish on every single person that I can out there in the most positive way that you can have a guitar that is, uh, has a connection as much as that guitar has a connection for me. Now, this one right there, <laughs> which is the guitar Nathan made for me. Um, it's really cool. Like I said, um, it feels it feels special. It feels special when I play it. It has a kind of a weird aura and vibe to it. Is that such silly silly thing to say? I I don't know. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I kind of liken it to maybe how it'd feel if like your father hand you know had a hand you down a guitar or if so you know I mean you know what I mean. I don't have a a guitar like that. Um, so this is my first guitar like that. So very cool. And like I said, and when I play it, it feels not only is it a great playing guitar, it has that vibe to it. It's hard to explain. I love the intangibles like that. You know what I mean? They're, forget tone woods and, and all this stuff. Just, you know, just having the vibe of, of the fact that somebody put a lot of heart and soul into something for you is really cool. Um, uh, the next question was, do I have any experience or opinions on the Blackstar 4A cabinets? I did have a Blackstar 4A cabinet. Uh, you know, in theory, I thought it sounded great. You know what I mean? Having, you know, four speakers, like a little Marshall 412, but shrunk down. It was okay. Um, you know what I find is, uh, being a bass player, 410s have a lot of low end punch and that's really cool. And you learn over time that the 410s kind of really, they don't have the big boom that the 115 has, but they got the punch and the low end, you know, the low end feel that you want. It's not just a boomy low end, but it's a tight focus low end. The 48s are okay. I just never love them. So, uh, you know, that's my thoughts on that. I would pick a 112. Oh, let me just put it this way. I would pick the 112 or the 48s is what I end up doing. So. Uh, but not because it's a bad cabinet. Just I'm giving you my preference. Rick James, 5150. Great time. <laughs> That's a great. Uh, so is the Wolfgang basically an upgraded telly? I don't think so. I don't have my Wolfgang out. Uh, no, not really. I mean, not in my vibe. Uh, no. So I'm going to say no. Although you guys can chime in on that one. I'm always curious. Okay. Armando says, did you see the link I sent you? Have a great weekend. I probably didn't. I haven't been getting to emails this week uh, because uh, I've been buttoning out videos. Um, if you guys, obviously Nathan surprised me with the, uh, the uh, gift guitar. I wanted to make that thank you video. Um, that thank you video, you know, took a couple days of editing and getting ready and, and that's great. But then I didn't get to the, some of the stuff. And then of course the contest guitar for the, you know, the charity. So, um, in the interim of all that, then I was getting a high amount of repairs and on all of that, uh, all, all of the companies that had been basically, I've been talking to all during COVID that went like kind of dark and silent, all popped up at the same time. And were like, Hey, you let's do it now. And you're like, Oh, I got to do stuff now. Um, so like I said, if you guys saw the AMS video, what I did with the ESP too, that was probably one of the most exciting videos I've done 
for me personally, sometimes it's like, I, I know it does, doesn't translate you, translate to you guys, but for me, some videos are just really cool because it's something different. Playing the E2 was a really cool experience. Um, I really, really liked it. Hmm. Andy wants to know, he says he's done with tubes. Done. It's, it's broke. They broke up. It's, the, it's over. He wants his keys. <laughs> uh, and uh, so, <laughs> um, says, what's your favorite solid state amp for blues and rock? My favorite solid state, I like, I think in solid state land, just to keep it easy, I'm going to tell you the three amps I like, and then I'm going to give you the order in which I like them the most, the least. I like the Katana. I know that's kind of a cliche thing to say. I like the Blue Amp 1, and I like the Spirit 200 by Hughes and Kettner. Um, I, I'm trying to think of anything else, but that's the three I like. Now, here's the funny part. Of those three, without a doubt, I play the Blue Amp 1 the most. Um, without a doubt. Um, I actually was going to get rid of the Blue Gamp one and get the new one that's the more the metal version just for more gain. And then I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I couldn't get rid of it. I was like, I can't. I love this thing too much. Uh, so my Blue Gamp one. So it's weird. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't know why it is about that that amp uh, I like, but I just like it a lot. Now, I know you're saying I know what you're saying solid state. and It's got a little tube in it, but I don't know. To me, it's still like a solid state little tube thing. That's my answer. It's probably not the right one, but it's mine. Um, I'm jumping around. What are we doing? Okay. Let me jump around real quick. Let me refresh this. I refreshed it and then it disappeared. And now it's back again. And Voodoo Fist did a super, jar, uh, super chat, man. Just said tip jar. Thanks. I appreciate that. That's awesome. I'm going to use that to buy it probably alcohol bad, bad decision <laughs> i'm almost 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 ditched my covid weight if you guys have covid weight i i hope you guys are trying to ditch it i am literally right now i'm less than i think two pounds away than than uh my then I'm from losing all the weight I gained from COVID from sitting around the house, eating junk food and door dashing crap. I didn't need consuming a, a larger amount of alcohol than I normally did. Um, and, uh, and of course, uh, you know, you know, watching too much crappy TV. <laughs> so, uh, so that being said, uh, it's just, it's, I'm going to celebrate and I will food of fish. You just bought me a nice beer. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, to jet six twelve says trying to pick between a Jackson X DKEX Fishman Fluence loaded and a Charvel Pro Mod DK twenty four similar price. Love the videos and knowledge you share. I am in. I'm. I dude. I'm the wrong guy to ask. Here's why. I'm in love with my DK twenty four. So here's what I was talking about when it comes to the Evan flows. And I'm not even sure I'm using that term right. But I, I to me, I like the word Evan flow. <laughs> uh, so here's here's the thing. I I, I got the Ibanez AZs and then I got the the Charvel DK twenty four and then you know I went down all these roads and here's where I ended up. I like the DK24. That's what it is. It's that guitar for some reason. It just, it's the, it's the, I love the AZs. 
I mean, I love them like I love a lot of the guitars. You know, I like playing them. I like touching them. I like, you know, uh, I like the way they look. Um, but connecting, connecting. The DK24 connected to me in a very special way. So I have a very cool uh, video uh, with my DK24 coming out in a month. I know, isn't that horrible to say now? You're like, what? What does that mean? Uh, I'll just tell you so you don't have to. Uh, yeah, it got redone. It got sharpened uh, massively because <laughs> uh, I like it so much. I, I, I tricked it all out. So uh, so that's my thing. I'm telling you, I'm biased. And the reason is, is because here's what I've decided about the DK24 I like. It's everything I like about all the older guitars, the shred guitars from back in the day, and everything I like about the new guitars. It's just right there. It's in the sweet spot. And I like the price. I, I have to say, I, I, I'm not saying it's worth a thousand bucks. I don't know how to even say those kind of terms anymore, what something's worth or not worth. But what I'll say is this. Um, I feel like it's a lot of guitar and it feels really good and it's a cool guitar. And it's it seems like everything is on its... Every guitar is that's on a race to be $2,000 in this, in the spectrum. Now, don't get me wrong. I know there's amazing $300 and $500 guitars. We play them all the time. We know they exist. But what I'm saying is I feel like every guitar that's not a three to $500 guitar is on a race right now to figure out how to become $2,000. So, uh, okay. Matt wants to know, Maddie, let's say his name, right? Maddie, two hats. Cause he's got two hats says, uh, Hey Phil, what's the most guitars? You have sold to fund an upgrade. Oh, that's easy. This is an easy question. Uh, I'm thinking of selling three mid-range guitars to get a new PRS S2 McCarty 594. Yeah, I will show you right now. <laughs> the most guitars I ever sold to get a guitar was all the guitars I sold to get this guitar. Uh, you guys pretty much know the answer. I couldn't tell you the exact number. I want to say it was nine. This guitar cost nine guitars. <laughs> It's beautiful. I love it. I'm out of honeymoon now mode now, right? I mean, wouldn't it matter anyways. I'm I'm stuck with it for life, whether I liked it or not, but I love it. Uh, so yeah, I know your feeling. Do I regret selling nine guitars? Actually, maybe it's eight, but probably say nine. To get one guitar? No. Would I do it again? No. <laughs> huh, no. You know why? Because as nice and beautiful that, that guitar is, um, it wasn't far better than the uh, import SE version, S, uh, hollow body. It's it's nicer, uh, nicer in the I, it's prettier. It's nicer in that it uh, you know it's a core instrument and it's got a thing. But I mean, I can't really quantify it to you and say, oh yes, it's far superior. If you bought the S SE hollow body, you have not experienced a good guitar until you got this thing. That's not how it is for me at all. Um, but it was like somebody asked earlier about a dream guitar. It was a dream guitar. And, uh, you know, you can only have so many guitars. I like to, you know, I like to have all my guitars pretty much where you guys can see them. I'm trying not to have a back catalog of guitars anymore. Um, this is a lot of guitars to have now. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. So that's my answer. And, uh, and thank you guys because a lot of you guys bought them. All right. Uh, next one is from Gina Short. Gina Short. Sorry. Gina Short says, I just got a gorgeous PRS SE Mira. I think I can blame you. Oh, cool. Well, it's a good thing to be blamed for because I love the Miras. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, it says, oh, I blame you, but I love it. Good. 
Okay, so she's better than me, but she loves it. Uh, it says, what locking tuners would you recommend would pickup covers be a mistake? Uh, no on both fronts. So if you put up pickup covers on, I I mean, it's going to be great. It uh, Technically, pickup covers change the tone, but in me, in all the most beautiful ways, you know what I mean? They soften the edge off the sound. And when I say they change the sound, I mean, we're talking like when you A-B it, can you hear it? Yes, but if, you, if you're hearing pickup covers versus non-pickup covers, You've, you've gotten the sickness too bad. You're like me and you're, you're, you're spending too much time comparing stuff and don't do that. Um, but, uh, so no covers, great idea. Locking keys. I would get the SE locking keys cause they're, they're going to fit on really good and they're 70, 80 bucks. Otherwise, uh, I would go hip shots or ratios and you can get the plates, adapter plates. There's another brand of tuners that fit in those, uh, those specific spacings as the SEs. But to me, it's a no brainer. You know what I mean? For, to go with the either the SEs or the hip shots, just something that's uh, an easy pop in, replace it. You can change them as fast as a string change. And, um, you know, the PRS SE ones, the PRS ones are probably the priciest in my opinion, like 78, 80 bucks, 79 bucks. But you can actually contact some PRS dealers and see if you can get a deal. Try dealers like Chuck Levins and stuff and call them and say, Hey, I want to get some tuners. And, uh, you know, can you, can you cook me up with a deal? You know what I mean? And they'll give you a deal. Um, so, uh, but yeah, that's what I would do. Uh, but I, hip shots are, are great too, like I said, but you'll have to have an adapter plate. Joseph says, Hey, Phil, I want to get my first electric, a 94 made in Korea Squire strat back into life and playing condition. It needs some love. What's a reasonable budget? Uh, oh, that's a great question. Uh, because that's a question that people bring up a lot. You know what I mean? When you do videos and you're like $400 in a 200 guitar, are you crazy? Uh, yeah, I mean, I get it. I did it cause it was for a video and for uh, a viewer, um, a reasonable budget. I don't think you should use any kind of math in my opinion of like, okay, the guitar is worth X dollars. So I won't put more than X dollars in it. I think in today's day and age at $200 is a reasonable budget to do. Think about this. When, when I do, uh, videos where I mod stuff up, there's a couple things that have to factor in one, sometimes companies supply the stuff. So that's good. So I may be using a tuner or something that's really good, but maybe it's more expensive than I would choose if I had to pick it out of my own pocket because the company is willing to supply it. And it's for a video for a viewer and everybody wins. And I like that idea. Um, but that's a rare case. The majority of the cases, because I use usually the best components I can get my hands on because I'm so used to working on people's guitars that I try to do the best. It doesn't make sense. It just makes total sense. Uh, for me, you right. Use the best when you're dealing with somebody's guitars It's something they love. Um, and then I let the customer tell me to go downgrade. So when somebody asks me to do something, I will use the best. And if they tell me to go down, I go down. What I find is it never works in a bad way when you do that. So if you go, okay, use this, this is the best. And they go, oh, that's out of my price range. Can you do something cheaper? And I go, yeah, we'll use this. But if I start with the cheaper stuff, they're like, oh, I like my guitar more than that. And you know what I mean? And now you kind of insult them. So, so back to your issue, what I would say is $200. And the reason I say that is because any video you've ever seen me mod up a guitar, doesn't matter what the total I did is, you can find the equivalent of those parts and a lot cheaper uh, through guitar fetish and stuff like that. So yeah, get, get to, I'd keep the budget on 200 bucks. I think, I think that's fair. Maybe that's a video. Is that a video you guys think may, right? Sometimes I'm, I'm not, never, never sure. I still owe the video with the Stu Mac tools. I am working on that video, by the way. The, um, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to finish, finish the idea so I can film it. Filming it will only take about an hour or so. And then editing is another two, three hours. It's really the staging of how it's going to come together. I want to do two videos in one video. I want to do the, here's what I think you should absolutely get. And here's what you can get if you 
got a little, you know, hey, if you if you if you roll, if you got the big rolling money, you can go this route. Um, so I wanted to give the two options. So same thing. Um, but in your case, yeah, two hundred bucks. I think that'd be a cool idea for a video too. That's what I'm saying. Is uh, maybe give me a budget. Maybe a sharpen my axe with a budget. Right? That could be fun. Right? How good can you make a guitar? That's a that's a contest that sounds fun. How good can you make a guitar if you were given a budget? Right? Not what guitar would you buy if you had 300 bucks or $500? Those are good videos too. But the video literally is how good could I make a glary guitar if I only had, and then the, and then you guys pick the budget. That'd be fun. Cause, cause it would force you, it force you to, to make decisions. That's why I think a lot of times when the Sharp Max videos start doing well is cause I was making decisions on my own cause it was my budget. <laughs> so people were like, why did you fix the tuning keys? But didn't change that. I'm like, cause I only had so many dollars and that's where I wanted to spend it. So to answer your question, 200 bucks, that's my, that's my thought. Um, okay. It's a good time while I read, I'll drink water. And I'll refresh. And let me go to the other screen because we're actually at the end of the, the podcast. Yeah, do a budget one. I, a lot of you guys saying it sounds like a good video. Sounds good. Joseph said he'd be happy to send me a guitar. That's what I'm working on right now. You know, the thing with guitars that sucks is there's so many elements that you guys can't see. Like just right now, not having boxes. Floopity Doo says, sell, sell Glary for 10 bucks, buy a brick. Sounds better. Floopity Doo, I'm going to make you eat those words. <laughs> you know what a Mortimer bet is? Does anyone know what a Mortimer, Mortimer bet is? I currently have a Mortimer bet with Brian at Paint Huffer. I sometimes have Mortimer bets with my friends. If, it's, if you guys don't know what that is, there was a movie called Trading Spaces uh, with uh, Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy. And the Mortimers were the, you know, the rich douche, douche guys. <laughs> and uh, they ruined their lives because they bet uh, each other a dollar. So uh, I'm sure it's not just with my friends, but a lot of people probably do this. My friends, we call it a Mortimer bet where you bet like a dollar, right? You bet a dollar to do something. <laughs> so uh, flippity do. I'm going to give you a Mortimer bet a uh, dollar. I'm actually uh, sharpening a, a Glary guitar right now. And I promise you this guitar is going to be freaking amazing. <laughs> it's so stupid what I'm doing to this guitar. <laughs> this is the, this will get no views cause it's just too much, too It's like too much YouTube clickbait. So we'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I'm excited. Uh, <laughs> Mike says, uh, what are the costs and steps needed to add a, a Piazzo or Piazzo Piazzo system? Piazzo. Piazzo, Piazzo system to an electric guitar that doesn't come with uh, the cost and steps. It's a pretty easy. Um, the cost, I would go, again, if it was me, I would go with probably the Ghost system by uh, GraphTech to install. That one seems about the easiest. And um, that's it. You know, I mean, you do it and you install. Um, that's it. <laughs> uh, we check out go systems. So what are the steps? What is needed? Well, you got to buy the system and, um, it depends on the I instrument. Sometimes you have to drill holes in the bass plate of the bridge. If it's a tremolo style guitar, it depends on what it is, but there's a little, a few modifications. It's not a hard task by any means. Everything in, in the, it comes with a circuit board and everything is clip on connectors. So there's not even a whole lot of soldering. I would say it's not a first time project task though. 
um, I would say please get a little a uh, little savvy with doing some stuff before you tackle that that kind of con- thing. I will tell you this though is it's not going to sound amazing, uh, and it's not the it's not uh, Graphtech's fault. It's just really hard to get a lot of guitars that you know sound good when you do that system to them. So pick a guitar that sounds good. Uh, I, I dare say a guitar that sounds good acoustically without the amp. You know what I mean? Sounds good. Cause it seems like that's a big factor. I've, I've done this before and I've, I've had guitars that sound dead and lifeless. I mean, in the amp, they were fine, but you know, acoustically just dead and lifeless. You put the piezo system and it's like that thing just literally captured the dead lifeless sound and just amplified that. So it wasn't a great, wasn't a great thing. Um, okay. Hold on a second. All right. Um, okay, let me hit. There's just like a couple. And if I miss some super chats today, I will pin them up and do them for next week. Let me go ahead and just grab quick ones because, like I said, we're at the end. Uh, this one is from Dimitri. Dimitri says, bought a PRS metal. Oh, bought PRS metal pickups, bridge DC resistance 17.5. Instead of spec 15.7, sounds good with distortion, but harsh clean. Is higher DC a, a defect? Um, no, it's not a defect. Uh, that doesn't sound right. Here's why I say that. Usually, usually, see, no, no one knows when we wind pickups. Uh, there's some guidelines, right? So what happens is, uh, let's say I take a pickup, uh, like a single coil pickup, and I put 8,000 winds on it. Okay. And let's say that will come out at 7.5, right? So, okay, for your DC resistance, okay? Uh, so 7, 7.5 ohm, right? Okay. So so what happens is, let's say I I do another pickup with that same amount of wines, 8,000 wines, but different wire, same same brand wire, same kind of wire, but I might get a different out, outcome because of how tight the wire got you know, wound uh, maybe the the density of the wire the type the 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 type of wire in other words you know when it was made so there's all kinds of things that factor in but generally speaking that seems a little too far out of spec for me i would contact prs about that and let them know and then let them tell you oh no that's totally within spec and we're okay with that um so like i said and then if you could report that back to me that'd be great i would love to hear what they said um generally speaking this isn't official by any means, but I'm saying usually the, for me, it's like one. So if it was 17.5 is, or let's say the spec was 15.7 is what they were putting on their website. And I got one, it was 16.7 or 14.7. I'd be like, okay, that's within, within tolerance, but 17.5 seems a little too far out, but it's possible. One of the things you can do if it is a little hotter like that, and again, a little while, lower the bridge pickup or lower the pickup a little bit. And, uh, you know what I mean? Lower it just a little bit. And that might even it out. So think about that way. So sometimes like, you know, when they say set the pickups a certain height, everybody always gives you standards. Don't, don't use that. That's just all crap. I don't know why they do that. They just do it because they want to make it easy for you and say, Hey, measure from the bottom of the string, the top of this. And this is what it is. No, use your damn ears. Use your ears. They're easy. Just lower pickups until they sound good. Raise pickups until they sound good. You know what I mean? So I, in that case, I would lower it. I bet you it's going to make a huge difference. Um, right away. It'll soften that hard, uh, high, high, Ice picky. I call it ice pickiness, right? Where you're hitting it and it's just too chirpy. Yeah, do that. And then l- let me know. Don't don't super chat me. Just message me at Ask New Year Gear. Put the subject, Dimitri, so I know 
and then I'll I'll let everybody know next week. Uh, and then uh, Guillermo just said, uh, "Thanks for all your knowledge, man. Thank you." Uh, I'm gonna say it's it's, it's Sean, right? It's C H A U N, Sean. But it's like okay, I hope I'm right. Sean says for making me laugh at least once a week. Hey, I mean that's 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 a, that is the benefit. I I hope I get. You know what I mean? I hope I get to make somebody laugh. Uh, Joseph says, Phil, I'd be happy to say, oh, you already, I already read this, Joseph. And then let's do, let's do these last three. I'm looking right now. Okay. I'm gonna do these three in a row. Ready? Al says, I just bought a PRS, uh, 245 SE while it was being set up. I played music man Cutlass, which started calling out to me for $2,000. Is it worth it? Um, well, you know, I like I like it when people get upset on the internet and you're like, there's no reason a guitar should be $3,000 or $2,000. Yeah, I don't think that's a reasonable question to ask of anybody. Uh, is it worth $2,000? It costs $2,000. If you buy it, then it was worth it. If you don't buy it, it wasn't worth it. You have to answer that on your question yourself. Um, what I will tell you is, is it is $2,000. <laughs> and if you want it, you got to pay that or find a used one. But one of the things that sucks when you find a guitar and you love that guitar, you're taking a chance when you try to find another one that it won't be the magic. So it's just weird how that might be the right guitar. So uh, it's up to you. Uh, you know, that's, that's, it sounds like a, it sounds like a cop out. I hate answering like that, but it really is up to you. Follow your instincts. If you got the money to spit, to buy it and you love it, then, you know, treat yourself and do it. If it's out of your price range or it's not making you comfortable, cause man, you could love the way the guitar plays, but if you're going to stress over the $2,000, then don't do it. That's, that's the best thing to do. Um, cause here's the good news. Ready, Al? There's always another one. I promise you, you are not missing out. That's the one thing I want you to take away from this. Doesn't matter if the guitar is worth it or not worth it. You're not missing out. There's another guitar. No, no, nobody should do anything silly for a guitar. There's, there's always another guitar. Um, so, uh, and then, uh, gray, the cat says, Phil, what's your favorite tremolo non Floyd system, sir? Question mark. I would, uh, I, and would a Les Paul Bigsby fit a PRS McCarty or PRS in, in general? Um, I, the PRS McCarty, I don't know. I've never looked to see if they're using any kind of anything different than what Gibson's using for spacing. Cause no one really mods the PRSs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm going to say no one. I mean, I'm sure people do. I Now I think about it, I don't think I've ever had anybody have me mod the two-point. We've well, got to understand, PRS really didn't do a whole lot of two-point uh, two bridges uh, until up in recent years. That was not really a thing. They were doing the one-piece bridges forever as a majority. So that part I really can't speak to. Somebody out there probably can make a comment, you know, let you know what they had. Um, but my, my favorite tremolo non-Floyd Rose system is probably the Vega trim is my favorite non-Floyd Rose tremolo system because it's so smooth. And then after that, I like Godos. I'm looking to see if there's anything. Yeah, I like the Vega trim and the Godos systems. I just like them. I like those tremolos. Because I like the I like the way they they feel like a, a the, the Vega the Vega bridges feel like a Floyd Rose. They just don't have all the weird stuff. And I like Floyd Roses. I just you know it's nice they don't have all the stuff. Okay, let me close out that screen. All right, on that note, we're going to call it. It was a good show. I hope you guys enjoyed. It was fun to talk to you guys. As you know, as you know, I love doing this every Friday. I hope you guys love joining me every Friday. It's every Friday at 3. I never really tell people when it is. And lately, I've been putting up the, uh, the notification at the last minute. So I apologize about that.
Um, music is win. Hey, what's up, Tyler? He says, what's your favorite piece of gear you played as a kid? Oh, he just did a video on that where he relived his, uh, you relived, you should, I'll put a link to your video. Uh, not that you need the views, <laughs> but, but it was really cool. Uh, he, he did exactly that. He bought his rig that he had as a kid. You know, Tyler, what's funny about that is I tried to buy uh, just recently, and this is not going to answer your question, but it's funny. There was an amp when I was a kid um, uh, that I wanted, which was the Crate G40 right? Or C40. doesn't matter. It was a two eight inch speaker chorus amplifier. And it was like $400, which is like $4 billion when you're like, you know, 15, 16 years old. And, um, and so what's funny was there was one on my Craigslist for 50 bucks. And I emailed the guy and I said, Oh, I'll take it. And he's like, okay. He goes, uh, we'll set up a time so you can come check it out make sure it works. I said, I don't care. 50 bucks. Just, just, I'll come get it. And then he didn't respond to me. And then it sat there for days and I emailed him again and never heard from him. So I was trying to do that. I was like, but I was curious to buy the amp for 50 bucks that I wanted as a kid. Uh, but my favorite piece of gear when I played was as a kid, uh, you know what it was for me was delay pedal. Isn't that weird? When I think of gear as a, as a kid, uh, as a new player, the delay pedal, just any delay pedal, my, my delay pedal was a series 10 delay pedal. And then I eventually got a boss one delay pedals were this mystical powerful thing that the cool pro guitar players had like it you know you rack stuff like everybody everybody had an amp and if you were lucky you got an amp with a good distortion but everybody had that and everybody had a guitar but only few of my friends had delay pedals so i got a delay pedal was my favorite piece of gear especially since it was probably the only piece of gear that i can think of to this day that when i plugged into it i was immediately better <laughs> like it hit a note and there was like a bunch of notes and it sounded like something was happening even though i was doing absolutely nothing right <laughs> so that's that's uh that's the answer to that question we're gonna end on that note because that's a high note thanks it was good talking to you uh tyler like i said and i will link to that video because it was a good video and like i said you get to relive you get to see and then maybe it'll inspire you guys to buy your old rigs and be a little crazy floopity do says the dod delay for me yeah right it was uh uh it was, uh, it was, like I said, it was a cool piece of gear. Delay. All right, guys, on that note, I'm going to let you go. I will see you next Friday at 3 o'clock. As always, uh, you guys have a great weekend. And until next time, know your gear. <laughs>